Okay, my task today is to take us on in this series of well-being and really to look at the issue of our bodies, of being physical beings. And as Nancy said, it's one of those where you think, do I really want to touch on this? Because it has every opportunity to go wrong and for you to get the wrong end of the stick. We looked a number of weeks ago, I think, with Matt. He looked at being stewards, didn't he? In all kinds of different ways. What does it mean to be a steward in God's kingdom? And then last week, Nancy looked at being relational beings. Today, we're looking at being physical. We are physical, and we will remain so. Now, I need to do a bit of a disclaimer right at the beginning. We all have different bodies. We have different genes in our body, not the ones we're wearing. We have different capabilities. We have different limitations. This is not about some so-called ideal body, like Robin Mendelssohn's. (coughs) Here he is. Took a while for that to sink in, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But it's to encourage each of us, to give each of us permission to care for ourselves. One of the problems with social media is it promotes comparison, doesn't it? And this is not, and I'll probably say this a number of times, this is not about comparison. Don't do it. And if anything I say today leads you down that track, please just stop. We all have a given body. I don't have someone else's body. You don't have my body. Let's take care of the body that we've been given. I want to look at this in three stages. Are we up now? Are we? Oh, can I click it? Probably not. Oh, yes. Okay. Wonderful. I want to look at this in three stages in God's big story. The first is the beginning. The second is the end. And then I want to focus in on the middle. And if we get time, we'll throw a little bonus material your way at the end. So in the beginning, God created, we know the Genesis account very well, don't we? God created a physical creation. It culminated in the creation of people created in his image physical. We have bodies. God deemed that it was good. In fact, he said it was very good. This stuff... This physical stuff that God has made is good. We, maybe we take it for granted, but we need it. God has made this stuff good. Sometimes we come across different emphases in society or in different religions or in the philosophies of the day that cut right across this emphasis that Christian faith brings that physicality is Good, God deems it so. Have you ever heard something like this or read something like this uh, in anything you've come across? All that matters is the spark of life inside. The physical doesn't and certainly the body doesn't. Have you ever heard something like that? Well, my body is simply there to house the real me. When I grow spiritually, then I'll no longer need this body. Either I'll be caught up into some other bodiless existence Or I'll be reincarnated in another body, a better one. I could be utilitarian with my body and creation. Because it doesn't matter, it doesn't count. It's physical and it's not important. If it serves me, then it's useful. If it doesn't, well, let's discard it or get rid of it. 
Think about Corinthians and Paul's writing to them, which part of what he was dealing with was a negative view of the body. That resulted for the Corinthians in saying, either I can do with my body what I like, what I want, including giving it to prostitutes because the body doesn't matter. Or in other ways, they sometimes said, well, the flesh is secondary, so I can deny my flesh because what I want to release is this ethereal spiritual existence. And Paul contended with all of that. The creation account in Genesis tells us we're put in this place to steward this physical creation on God's behalf, which Matt spoke about. It includes the whole of creation and definitely includes our bodies. Many of you have heard of a chap called Maslow. Some of you will have come across it in your workplaces. He described some decades ago the needs of human beings and put it into this kind of graph. Now there's some debate around this, but it has come to be used quite a lot. And you'll see that physical care is amongst the most basic needs we have. And it fits well, I would suggest, with the biblical emphasis on caring for our bodies, or self-care. God, in the beginning, created this earth physically. Put us on it, created us in his image, and gave us physical bodies that he deemed good. What about the end? The Christian hope, as we know, is for a renewed physical heaven earth. I put it that way, because the book of Revelation gives us a picture of heaven and earth coming together. Renewed or made new. Listen to some of these words in Revelation 21. Just a few excerpts. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he'll dwell with them. They'll be his people, and God himself will be with, with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Heaven, the place where God dwells, merges with earth, the place where he's placed people. And now the two in Revelation at the, at the end come together. And we have a renewed heaven earth in which we will dwell with God in our resurrected physical bodies and will enjoy his presence in our midst. Jesus' experience of resurrection sets the tone for ours. Remember the stories in the Gospels after he is resurrected. He's kind of recognisable, and yet he's not recognisable. There's a, is it him? And then they come to realise it is him. And he has a physical body, a different body, a body that can pass through walls seemingly, and yet a physical body. He says to Thomas, put your fingers in my wounds, in my side, touch my body. There's something physical about the resurrected Jesus, and he's the forerunner for us. He has a body now fit for the realm when the Holy Spirit will pervade everything in fullness and completeness. Jesus has that body and we will too. And so our hope in this decaying body, with its limitations, with its aches, with its pains, this body, forgive me, that is destined for death, will in fact be renewed 
re-enlivened and enjoy life forever with God. I will be Phil Norris. And you'll probably go, is that Phil? Isn't it Phil? Something recognisable, something not recognisable. I'm not going to become a too, totally new person, I don't believe. I'm going to get a resurrection body now, fit for the realm of the spirit, fullness, like Jesus' resurrection body. But it will be me. And I will enjoy it. You will enjoy life forever with God. That's our hope, isn't it? That's the end to which we look. To an eternity on a renewed heaven and earth. Not some escape plan to simply take me to heaven. Romans 8, Paul writes, We know the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of what? Of our, of our internal spirit? No, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. So we, and what Paul suggests, the whole of creation, live with that hope for resurrection, for redemption, for renewal, for a new heaven earth, and a new physical body. That's the beginning, and that's the end. We live in the middle. in which we have to care for our bodies. So within the framework of what God has said, and that expected end, we're called to steward or care for our bodies as every other part of creation. We are whole beings, not as some have believed, a spirit encased in a body, therefore the body doesn't matter. We are whole beings. And as whole beings, our bodies have needs. I want to look briefly at some of those needs today. The, the collective wisdom in here of how to care for those needs will be much greater than mine. But I want to at least point us in a few directions. Now let me say again, this is not an attempt to produce a master race. God forbid. This is recognition that we all have bodies... They are all different, but that anything we can do to care for our physical bodies, that will be, will be part of the picture that helps us live as well as we can. I will never have your body. You will never have my body. So let's not compare. Let's work with the given body we have and do our best to care for it to enable us to live well, to help us in our well-being. All of us face limitations to our physical well-being, some more obvious than others. All of us, unless Christ returns, will die. So it really isn't about arriving at some physical supreme state, but it's about looking after what we've been given. From the physically challenged to the physically supreme, we will all live better if we care for our bodies. Let's have a little look at the scripture. One Kings nineteen, I'm not going to read it, tells the story of Elijah. Elijah is fleeing from Jezebel. 
She wanted to take his life. He want, she wants to make his life a misery. And as you read 1 Kings 19, Elijah seems depressed. It says he wants to die. He's exhausted. He's got to the end of himself. He's feeling, I would imagine, pretty sorry for himself. I think I would be too. The angel of God comes and doesn't challenge him over his mood. Doesn't say, snap out of your depression or attitude. But instead, deals simply with his physical needs. The angel comes and provides food for Elijah. And then lets Elijah lie down, presumably, to sleep some more. I remember hearing a story of a, a guy who ministered, I think, in the Philippines. And the Philippines uh, just uh, devoted in this gathering of people, just praying hour after hour after hour. And he's lecturing them or speaking to them in this conference. And he looks out and he just thinks, they're just all tired. So he stops his message and sends them home to get some sleep. I think that's what the angel is doing here. Recognises that actually Elijah doesn't need a little pep talk, doesn't need an encounter at this moment with God in some supernatural, mystical way. What he needs is food and sleep. Second time, the angel rouses Elijah and again provides for his physical needs more food. Elijah then goes on a 40-day journey to Horeb, stays in a cave there, still seems somewhat nonplussed with his situation. And from then he starts to have this different kind of encounter with God. This encounter where is the voice in the thunder, or the, and we talk about the voice of God being in the, in the whisper. But just note how God's first concern was physical. We can so easily denigrate the physical, can't we? In favour of so-called spiritual. We might not quite believe the thing that there's a little thing inside of him that that's what's really counts and this doesn't. But we might live that way. And not really take care or give the body the rest and care. And this is chocolate number one. So I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching at myself. We might live in a way that says, actually, we do really believe that. And yet God here ministers to Elijah physically. God remains interested in our physical needs. Then it's good. He hasn't changed his mind. If he's interested, then surely it's good for us to care a little bit too. <coughs> I hope I'm convincing you. So let's consider three specific areas and then a bonus. Food. Love it. It's fuel, isn't it? And we need it. If you put the wrong fuel in the car, anyone done that? Yeah. Few of us sort of admit to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, don't you? It probably cost you something penny as well to get it sorted. Did you do it to your own car or your wives or husbands? <laughs> Can you put less helpful food into your bodies? I guess you can. I've learned a little bit, many of you know I love to run, that's something my body allows me to do, and I enjoy it. 
did a big event recently in my sabbatical, and uh, I think through my learning I've learned a lot about what you put into your bodies. It was interesting on this big event, it was over 24 hours, pretty well non-stop. About a few hours in, your stomach goes, will you just leave me alone? Because all your blood is rushing around trying to keep your body cool, because your body needs to be cool, and trying to keep your muscles that are vital for your survival working, and it has nothing left really to digest the food that you're trying to put in your body. And so one, two gruesome bits that I won't tell you about. <laughs> you can ask me after if you want to. But I know my body needs fuel. I know I've got to get something in. And there are those times, aren't there, when we know our body needs fuel and we can choose whether to put something good in it that allows my body to thrive or whether I'm just going to put something that I fancy in it that maybe doesn't. <laughs> and listen, I'll say something about that in a moment. God provided food. Elijah, what did Adam and Eve get in the garden? This is how Eve could have asked the serpent. Look at all the trees that God has given us. All the food. Instead they focused in on the one that they were told not to eat from. But look at the bounty provision of God. He's interested in this stuff and we have such choice and such selection. Maybe we could make some choices that help us better. Food is vital to live well. Which is why it's such a tragedy, isn't it? When we live in a world where there's famine and people can't live well. When we see the increase in food banks, even in our nation. When we think about the cost of living crisis and having to be alert for those in need who can't put in their bodies the food that they really need. And so if we maybe in this room talk about looking after our bodies, let's just bear that in mind and keep that in perspective. It's in the perspective that some have very little and maybe even nothing and anything they would be grateful for. I think about my grandma, let's put this in perspective as well. She lived to about 101. And she probably had deep fat fried foods pretty well all her life. So anything I want to say about choosing what to put in your bodies, please just hear it with a, you know, as you see fit. This is not a law. I'm not sure her deep fat, fat fried uh, way would work for me, but it got her to 101. <laughs> and we all know, don't we, those who would say to us they'd improved their diet and they talk of renewed energy. They talk of feeling more alert. They talk of sleeping better. There are foods that actually give us more energy. There are foods that actually will work better in our bodies. And if you're struggling with your physical body, maybe something to think about is, are there some benefits I could use for me? I hope you're not hearing this as a law. This is just wanting us to live well. And sometimes I don't. If I'm lacking energy, maybe I should try some different foods. If I've got headaches, Maybe I'm not hydrated enough. Maybe that's all that's going on. I'm not drinking enough fluid. Simple things to, to consider if we're not thriving physically. What food can give you more energy? What can boost your iron? 
You probably know better than I do. There's probably wisdom in this room. Let's talk to one another. Say, hey, I'm struggling with this. How can I eat better? How can I care for my body in that way? If it's something more serious, see a doctor and see what they've got to say. I know we have a small group that meets as one of the, I think, relatively new small groups in Hub that has a group of people who are monitoring their weight together and each week they have a weigh-in. I did hear that one member stuffed his face with some fairly big meals before he did the initial weigh-in so that he could lose quite a bit of percentage at the beginning. <laughs> you can guess who that was. But they're encouraging each other. I know they've done the same thing. Sadly, on I think a number of occasions they've had groups meeting who just wanted, hey, I just want to lose a bit of weight, let's do it together, let's help each other, let's encourage each other. So let's make it fun. We need to uh, adapt something in what we're doing with our bodies in terms of food intake. Let's talk to one another, make it fun, make it enjoyable, and not worry if we don't keep to it all the time. No law here. It's food. What about sleep? <laughs> the power of sleep. More and more focus on this these days, isn't there? How is your sleep? Lloyd normally looks forward to when I'm speaking because he knows he's getting half an hour kick. Hey, right, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever experienced sleep overtaking you? Maybe a little bit like this. Or you've been travelling and you go, I'm desperate for some kip and you wrap yourself around, I've done that, trying to wrap myself around the arms on these airport, in these airport lounges that aren't really very comfortable. But it can be done. Who looks forward to sleeping? Who doesn't? Anybody here dread going to bed? I know that's something, but some people maybe dread it because every night is another night of sleeplessness. If I have an important race coming up, I will, on the week before, try to get in bed earlier. I will try and build up my sleep, because I know it will do my body good. But I have many times when my sleep isn't good. In fact, <laughs> the two times over the last three months, I can only think of twice, when I've actually slept through the night, is when I did my big event, which was over 24 hours, so I was absolutely exhausted. And when I did a, 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 a training run three weeks before it, and it was many, many, many miles. It was in the heat, and it was like 29, 30 on that day, and uh, we did a lot of miles that day. Those are the two nights where I can remember sleeping through the night. It's a bit drastic if I've got to do that if I want to have a good night's sleep. So something's not quite right with my sleep. And yet I know it's important for me. I know that a glass of red wine at night does not help my body sleep. So I'm faced with a choice. <laughs> Who do you think wins? <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. You might be the same. I know that alcohol will cause me to sleep more likely. That is often the case for many people. And so we're faced with a choice. You make your choice, don't you? 
But if you're struggling with your sleep, sometimes you have to go, okay, I'm going to change a few things because I really need to get some decent sleep in. Eating too late doesn't help, does it? Or too much help will go to bed. Turn your phone off. Stop watching your screen so late before you go to bed. And I still most of the time ignore her and then don't have a good night's sleep. I know some of you young ones here don't get any of this because you're still at the age where you can just sleep just like that. In fact, my brother-in-law is pretty good. He's been travelling with Robin. Two minutes, he's off. It's really annoying. <laughs> but yeah, he says, he, he says it's a clear conscience implying I haven't got one. <laughs> it is very, very annoying. <laughs> and he then starts snoring, so that makes it even worse. He's not quite gone off yet. <laughs> but sleep is important. How about we extend sleep to rest? To stopping? I told you about my dreams in the sabbatical. I started to stop. I started to wind down. Interesting that those dreams hadn't happened before then. But as I stopped and was winding down, my soul started to cleanse itself and refresh itself. At the end of uh, our, uh, my sabbatical, we went to a place which I think I've spoken to you about before called Feldy Brennan. It's a purgatory place, in case those love it, they'll tell you all about it. Uh, at the Island uh, Road West Wales. You go there, it's up the Priscilla Hills, I think it is, overlooking the valley. And you go there and you have to stop. There's no internet, there's no TV in your room, uh, your, your, your mobile reception is rubbish, so you just have to stop. And Helen and I were there for a long, a long weekend and we stopped. And in that stopping, God spoke. And we encountered God. At the end of a headland in that place, there's a cross overlooking the valley. You can walk out and just stand there, pray, whatever you do, want to do. And we walked out on the first Friday to that place of the cross, and certainly I encountered God in that place. We found ourselves just, we've been singing this afternoon, just holding that cross. Counting God. Rest, stopping, sleep. Our bodies need it. You're thinking again about those patterns, maybe patterns of how do I go to bed, how do I sleep, how do I prepare for sleep. Maybe you don't need that, that's fine, good for you. He doesn't. <laughs> what about patterns of rest and reflection? To hear God. Because there's so much noise, isn't there? Our house at the moment has six adults and a puppy living in it. All my kids, one with a husband in tow, come back and are living with us. And one of and the couple decided they'd buy a puppy before they moved in as well. So it's chaos. It is great fun. But two of them have left today for the week. And there's like Exercise. 
No, I'm not retreating to the running club. That's something I can do. I'm enjoying my body allows me to do that. Not everybody's body does. We deal with the body that we've been given. We all have different genes, different limitations. So this really isn't about being a particular shape or size or doing a particular thing. It's about what do I do with my body? Are there things I can do? Would walking a bit more help rather than taking the car? Would counting my steps help me? Would stretching my muscles when I get up set me up for the day? I think I've told you before about my toothbrushing uh, exercise, my regime when I clean my teeth. Some of you remember that? Every day when I clean my teeth. Calf raises, I've or pulled both my calves over the years. So this was, this was years ago. Now, so every day, so I do both legs first, then one leg each, and then a bent leg. When I've done it all, I finish my teeth. <laughs> what I've done is I've created a habit. You don't have to do that. I do that because I don't want my calves to pull again, because I want to run. So I'm looking after my body for what I want to do with it. And so I do that. If you pass by the window, by my bathroom, you'd see this head bobbing up and down. <laughs> it would look very strange. What do you need to do? To enable you to do what you want to do at this, whatever stage of life you're at. I have to do more now. I have to rest more. I have to recover more to keep running in the way I want to run. My body's getting older. So I have to adapt. I have to adjust. We all have to adjust, don't we? What can I do to keep keep myself uh, doing what I want to do as well as I can. I do Pilates now. Do you know what? Not, not so bad at the moment, but for many, many times when I get to Pilates, I'm the only bloke in the class. <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to stretch my body. Why do I want to stretch my body? Because I want to run. And I know as I get older, it doesn't stretch as much, so I stretch my body. You see, it's a, it's a habit. You don't need to do that. That's what I want to do. Because I have certain things I want to do. But what about you? I know that physical exercise is also very connected to our well-being. When I'm feeling stressed, I will go for a run. You might want to go for a walk. You might want to get out in the countryside. You might want to do something physical. I don't know. What's quite funny is if I'm really stressed, I might produce a personal best. <laughs> so I'm letting it out of my system, just get faster and faster. So if you wind me up before a race, that'd be quite helpful. <laughs> How might you get the endorphins flowing in your body? As you walk, if you insert a one minute faster section to raise your heart rate a little bit. There's a special place you like to go to walk or to be. I don't know what it is. Maybe you like more people to go faster marrows. What is it for you that might help you to just feel a little bit better? The bonus material. The power of hugs. We all know that we missed 
physicality, didn't we, in lockdown. We missed being with people, seeing people, uh, probably many, maybe not all, some don't like touch, but many do, would have missed the opportunity for physical touch, physical affection in some way, demonstrating care for one another physically. It's really interesting, there's, there's been lots of research done on hugging. It reduces stress, a physical hug. It reduces anxiety and fear. It boosts immunity. It improves your heart health. This isn't in place of going to the doctor if you need to see a doctor about that, okay? <laughs> a warm embrace can act as a pain reliever. It's a communication method. It increases production of oxytocin, one of the happiness hormones. Some say you need four hugs a day to survive, eight to be to maintain, and twelve to grow. Some of you in shock horror at this, you don't like hugging at all, so that's fine. Don't do it then. <laughs> don't go the other way. But it's positive. You trust me. A loaded question, isn't it? If you trust me, will you stand with me? <laughs> oh, you don't know what to do, do you? Oh, dear, dear, dear. Jude doesn't trust me. Laurie doesn't trust me. Oh, I'm amazed. You can do it to yourself. Hug yourself. You can't find someone to hug you. You never hug someone else. Hug yourself. Maybe rub your hands up the sides of your... Oh, it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> Come on, Robin Mendelssohn. Don't be bashful. <laughs> Keep me awake snoring. You can hug yourself, mate. <laughs> All right. This time we go to India. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can sit down. The same benefits that you get from hugging someone else, you can give to yourself through a hug. It's been research. Why do you rub yourself when you So if you're feeling low, this can help you mentally. It really can. It doesn't solve what you need to do with the doctor about, but it can help you. So I hope you've not been condemned this afternoon. I hope it's just an encouragement. We've all, you've heard some of my limitations, some of my challenges. We've all got different challenges. But what we want to do is, how can we help one another just to live a little bit better? What's one thing, just one thing, that maybe God has highlighted to you, that perhaps you could start to establish as a pattern in your life? Amen? Amen.